It's 4 o'clock on Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting special edition of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring special guest star, Mr. Robert Nutty. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. I'm glad the stream is finally coming through. Good. How you doing, Mike? Welcome back. <laughs> We're starting again. Um, that's what we get for... Uh, uh, weird. Um... We're have, ever since we upgraded, we're having tech problems. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, how's the audio? No, uh, no delay on the audio today. See uh, Hurwitz, commonly known as Churowitz. I see him in there. Carrie Cox <laughs> and House, uh, Janine Larkin, uh, Horace, Vicky Flaweth, Adriana Lissette. Do you know Adriana now lives like five minutes from here? No. Yeah, she oh, and her wow. husband and her daughter moved out here. They live in the same town that my family and I live in. Nice. If they didn't kick us out there, sure, not going to kick them out. <laughs> there we go. So anyway, um, Bob is well known amongst uh, our most veteran taxi members. Can you please make it cooler in here? It got warm again. Uh, as uh, a consummate jazz guy, I mean, he's more than that, but he is probably best known as an incredible jazz pianist. Um, and so I'm, I've, I've got some questions right oh, now. Okay. So um, how long have you been making music? Making music? Yeah. I wrote my first song in third grade. Really? So yeah. that was like almost 12 or 13 years ago. Easily, 12, 12 <laughs> decades ago. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. You actually wrote something it was, that it resembled was just, a song? Yeah, it, it, with words, too. Um, <laughs> it, I didn't realize it, but it was in the key of B major. Then it was all the black notes. Um, and it was about two phrases, but that was my, my first inkling. Yeah. And you would have been eight years old. Yeah, eight or nine years old. Yeah. That's, wow. when, I, that's when I started piano. I wrote a song called Sally Lynn, You Win when I was 12 <laughs> or 13, but eight, man, you got me beat. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and my song sucked. Uh, anyway, so, okay, so what happened after that? I mean, obviously you didn't jump right into doing stuff for film and TV, which has no. been pretty darn successful, no. and you we'll know, get to that in a minute. I always use the joke that growing up, I would tell my dad, who was a phenomenal jazz musician, I mean, top shelf, and I used to say, I, used to, I started writing a lot of piano stuff, and I said, you know, I, I really, back then in 14, 15, I really want to write for movies and stuff. And he said, well, you'd have to go to Hollywood. We lived in Connecticut. Yeah. He goes, you have to go to Hollywood. And he said, the walk would do you good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Kaching, where's your kaching thing? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I've got one. There we are. <laughs> so, you know, and it was funny because, you know, you know, all through high school I had bands and we we'd play for the high school events and we I started gigging in the 8th grade. Yeah. You know, democratic little party and we'd pass the hat around county fairs the whole bit, you know. My first band name was the Cherry Vodka Quartet. How uh, old were you when you because I had a band at that time, and I want to compare names okay. with you in a moment. But uh, <laughs> how old were you at that time? Uh, let's see. Well, I was about 14, 15. Okay. So you know, I, Dad would have to drive us to the yeah. gigs. Yep, when I was 13, 14, 15, I was in the Benjamin Franklin Lightning Rod yeah. Society, and my parents <laughs> drove me to the gigs. The, the most embarrassing name was I had a band called the Melodics. 
Now you spell that out, melodics, right? Yeah. And we were doing a, we were always the house band for the modern dance at the high school um, presentation. While they were doing scene changes, we'd right. play, and then they'd go and they'd give us two spots. And on the announcements, the night of the thing, the lady comes on and says, "Oh yes, and come to the ticket by." Uh, buy tickets for the dance tonight, and music will be provided by Bob Meddy and the Mellow Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to change high schools, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> it is one, a family show. Yeah, there is <laughs> one gentleman that watches with his sons that are like two, four, and seven. And about two weeks ago, uh, Bria gave me some music to play on the show, and one of the songs had the the MF word in it, oh and we didn't catch it before the show. Oh boy. He was like, can you guys try and watch a profanity on the show? <laughs> we try. But you never know when somebody's going to show up yeah. with a band called the Melodics. <laughs> yeah. So then I just went into... Um, I was going to be a piano major. Yeah. Okay. And I, I remember, so I started studying with a with a chick, a Chichetti, and you know, going prepping to be a classical pianist, which I was never. And uh, matter of fact, I drove him to smoke again. I, he claims I'm the reason he started smoking again because I just I was syncopating Bach and Beethoven. Yeah. I just wow. Yeah, I mean, I just I had to have that jazz feel, and it just wasn't working, and so. My father sat me down and he said, look, he says, I know you want to do music for a career. He says, but it's a rough life. He says, you know, you're, you're going to be, have to gig all the time. You're going to be out late. You're going to have to teach. You're going to have to do this to make a living. He says, why don't you consider going into business uh, major and be a marketing guy? Because marketing in the 70s was just really happening. Right. And he goes, you'll really like it. And I, I thought about it. And, he, and he, in his wise words, he said, you'll always have your music. If you want to gig, you can gig, but you don't have to gig. If you want to teach, you can teach, but you don't have to teach. Very smart man. Yeah, sage words. And I, I, I went into marketing. Right after college, I opened up an ad agency. I didn't um, know that about you. Yeah, I had an ad agency for a number of years. We did a lot of jingle work. Gee, yeah. surprising. Um, did a lot of radio Um and oh, you had Sherry Milano and Marcus probably pitched some of the same clients back yeah. in the day. And it was it was a lot of fun. And then my the family business was lighting. And Sherry Milano, I never get her name right. Sherry Milano, Marcus, or is it Marcus Milano? Yeah, there we yeah. go. I'm sorry, Sherry. So <laughs> so I went through college, did all that, and went back into lighting for a number of years, which I'm still attached to. And it wasn't until well, you know, had a family. And Ryan was a musician, my son. Yeah, and still is. Yeah, still is. We're <laughs> partners in, in, right. in the business. And I had a high school uh, buddy who was a phenomenal classical guitarist, and he and I were like soulmates. He'd go home and write half a song. I'd write a half a song. And where his song ended, my song would be on the same, I'd start on the same chord unknowingly. Right. And we just wrote music and wrote music. We went into a studio and we you know did four tunes or something and then we went our way different ways and you so had, basically you're married to music and your wife is only in your life to supply you with horses horses horse manure <laughs> I, yes. yeah, I only think he has 21 horses on your 19. property 19, There's 19 horses on, on the their property, property yeah. which is a lot of horses yeah one horse is a lot of horse yeah. i only know that because my in-laws have had but, horses but the business it. major this weekend um sold two tractor loads of compost that's been aging for years to the community garden up the road nice so hey you know somebody's got it i that. did i did up a flyer recycled oats <laughs> <laughs>
yeah. Um, so, at what point did you know that you wanted to pursue? I mean, you are still a business guy, and you, you're yeah. in the air like three, four days a week, right? You fly. A I've lot. already flown forty segments this quarter or this quarter already. Yeah. Okay. So, and you do sales training. That's what you're. In I your... do product training. Yeah, for uh, for Brooks Equipment. Yeah. Okay. For exit well, signs, emergency lights, fire safety, life safety. Really? Yeah. My background's in. Um, Exit sign and emergency light manufacturing, distribution, all that. So that's fine. There was a guy that was just here an hour ago and he was doing like laser measurements of all the rooms because they just upgraded all the fire stuff. And yep. so he's yep. mapping it all out. They're, now. they're probably one of our customers. We, we, are dominant in the industry. I, so, I sold yeah. him a taxi membership for his nephew. While he was here. <laughs> hey, the guy asked many questions. It. Like, well, you can buy a membership. Um, anyway, well, it came serious um, right before taxi. Uh, my son and I, we got a hold of my buddy Dane and said, "Look, let's let's put out a CD. The three of us have a father-son project, and we'll bring Dana in." And so we took a week and we just wrote all week. It was great. Did and you we, already have a studio in your house? No, no, okay. no. I, matter of fact, Ryan sold me. He was working at a music store at the time. He sold me a 16-track Korg, the old Korg yeah. with, with the dial there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was our thing. So we we. Did that for a demo, just to you know, record and listen to it. Then we went up to Baltimore into a studio, and we spent two nights, and we, we cut four songs. And <clears throat> about that time, I started seeing in the magazines Taxi. Right. And I started thinking about it, and of course, my first rally. And then I, you know, I said to the guys, I said, hey, "I'm going to go. I'm going to join this." It was on my birthday. It was my birthday present to myself. Wow. Um, and I said, I, "I joined Taxi, and they have this road rally thing, and I'm going to go out. I mean, and, and see what it's about." And I was never so discouraged in my life. <laughs> really, because you, you thought the bar was too high, or no, what was I, discouraging? I had about? my little CD with four songs on it. Okay. There's Matt Hurd up on stage, and his catalog had at that time five thousand uh, well, registration. Might be, bit, might be a bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but yeah. And I'm like, I remember, and then you know, listening to all this, and then I was watching um, your YouTubes, and uh, there was an interview with Matt, and you right. were talking about the V word, don't be versatile. You know, you got to remember. Do, that, <laughs> I just told that story yesterday to you, yeah. Laura, and you know, and. And then, you know, we're learning, because, you know, I came and said, well, you know, look, I hear this great soprano sax and this great, you know, guitar and drum and bass and these nice three, four songs and, you know, record deal is going to be, you know, eminent, you know, that kind right. of thing. And, Any minute and, now. And, and then I think the joke back then was labels weren't signing or they were signing in vitro at that time. Right. You know, because, that was you know, my joke. That was your joke. The yeah. only funny thing I've ever said in my entire life. <laughs> and, you know, and I remember. In utero. In utero, that's, that's what right. it was. I remember sitting in this thing, I remember saying to myself, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> and I said, but, you know, give it a shot. Let, let's learn. You know, when you're here, enjoy yourself. Yeah. And, and so I started picking up on different stuff, and I started meeting some really super people. met Chuck and, and John Mazze, Maz, and, and all these people. What a great group of people. Oh, yeah. yeah and it was they're, just, they're like the godfathers. Of well, the I, I knew them from the forum, oh, okay. you know, because I was heavy on the forum, yeah. and that's where I was picking up a lot of stuff. And so I, I said, it's pretty comfortable. I could probably do this another year. And then I think it was the next year you opened up the rally and this is where it really all clicked yeah. and you um you played a simple little piano tune and then you played a simple little guitar riff not you play but you, yeah. you had it you had it played and you said how many of you can do that and all these hands went up and i said oh i could do that and you know if you can do that you could write for tv and film 
Wow. And and I remember that. That that just went. That was like a laser right into my brain. And I said, Oh yeah, oh yeah. This okay. That this this I is. I can't the believe I I did that like ten years ago or something. Yeah. Wow. And that that's when for me it, it clicked that you know the path is not a label. I'm not going to get signed. Uh, you know, there's there's too many far better musicians out there than me uh, that would take those places. But TV and film. Boy, yeah, that that can work for me, and that's when you know the focus uh, really came down to writing for that application and, and looking at the listings on you know, and that's where I, I started concentrating. So, <clears throat> being an accomplished jazz pianist and a, a composer, um, have you found that you've been luckier, I don't want to say luckier, more, have you had more placements with stuff that showed what a brilliant composer you are or the stuff that was simpler? And oh, was simpler. Really? Simpler. So, and I think that's one of the things a lot of the jazz musicians yeah. um, get hung up on is, you know, they want to show off their that they can do Charlie Parker's licks and that they can do Coltrane and or Oscar Peterson. And for TV film, it's just too busy. The stuff that the music supervisors through my libraries are loving is the stuff that's sweet and simple. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of solo piano stuff that's very minimalistic. And a, a great placement was for um, Hemlock Grove on Netflix. Right. And, and it's one of my solo piano pieces that's very minimalist. It's called Butterfly Kisses. Oh, I remember that one. And sure. it's very soft and very sweet. And the scene is the one of the characters is in a room black and white and he's looking at a, a projection of him as a kid and it's like a time going back in time looking at a memory here and the music is just f nice and s very very in the just floating there and it really brings the scene out nice so it's interesting that you say that because so many of our members get frustrated new members people that are in their first year and they don't renew for a second year because they think that it's all about somebody in TV land is going to recognize what a brilliant friggin composer I am and they're just going to lavish all this work on me and, and I hate to see them beat themselves up and yeah. work so hard on a piece of music where I hear this time and time again where it's all about the simplest stuff that captures an emotion or sets a yeah. mood is the stuff that gets used yeah um, do you have certain pieces in, in your catalog well it's in other people in publishers catalogs now but certain pieces that you've written that are repeat offenders that get licensed over oh, yeah. and over again absolutely and those tend to be the simplest some well. in the same series really yeah i had four placements in nashville when nashville was on abc yeah and one of the songs in fact two of the songs got double placements you know episodes apart and wow. you know the publisher just wrote you know the supervisor just loves the song <laughs> and i was like yes do you know one of the supervisors for nashville used to sit on the other side of that wall right there really? for about a year yeah i won't say her name on yeah. the show but um she was working for somebody else and i had an empty office and that other somebody else lived in calabasas yeah. and i said you know what as long as the office is empty yeah why don't you guys just use it and that young lady was like it was like a starter position for her and you could tell she was gonna she was destined for great things because she was just nose to the grindstone yeah never looking at her iphone just working 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 she lasted about nine months she got a job working for the supervisor of nashville and many other things and now is kind of getting equal billing with that wow. main supervisor nice, nice. um 
yeah, so proud of her and proud of you for getting that. So, I mean, when you get something picked up a couple of times, yeah, that's a big deal. It doesn't happen that often. Yeah. And that's just Nashville. That song um, is in a couple movies. Yeah. And it's in, been in other other series of you know TVs, and it's just it's just they, 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 I have four trio jazz trio one we'll hear hopefully later and they just get picked up all the time because they just it's not too busy uh, there is a little ad-libbing in there but it's very delicate and mm -hmm. it's you know just just subtle and the more subtle it is and the guys that i have playing with me uh, two of the tracks i have session guys with me yeah and then the other the bass and the drum and everything's all midi that Do i you just record uh, all this stuff at home now oh yeah everything's home and everything what home. is your setup i have a logic pro on a, on a mac pro okay which is 10 years old wow and yeah i'm looking for the new trash can one now and i, I have technical questions that i need to get in they're they're coming out with a new version of the trash can oh boy uh and also uh about an hour ago i was on the apple website because i was testing something and i figured that was oh i was testing our uh our, you know connectivity and apple's website is a good one to, to use that for and they've got an imac pro now that starts at forty five hundred dollars wow. So it looks like a typical iMac, but you can get up to an 18-core processor. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's a beast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would yeah. imagine that that could handle pretty much anything. Yeah. I, that could probably do, like, uh, virtual reality stuff, yeah. I would imagine. Yep. So I have the Pro. I, I use East-West uh, for my strings, uh, the gold. I have Ultimate Drummer or Addictive Drums, yeah. Easy Drummer. And that's really, I, I bought the Latin package and the jazz package and some of the others. How long did it take you? You and I are the same age, give or take a few months. And I know many of our um, colleagues who are in our age category find it difficult to cro cross that chasm of going from... I had a four track on cassette and that was hard enough. And now for me to learn Logic or learn Pro Tools is too hard. You're an old dude. Yeah. How, how did you learn it, Bob? You have a son who's an IT brilliant. <laughs> uh, you just put your, you know, people ask, what instruments do you play? I say, well, I play piano, I play all the saxes, and I play my DAW. Yeah. Because I, I treat it as an instrument. And, you know, YouTube and other taxi members, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? It took me forever to finally figure out multi-timbral. Right. And then, because that saves so much CPU use when you're doing, you know, I have five violins, five violas, and five cellos. Yeah. If I open up one for each of those tracks, a lot of processing. It, it doesn't, you know, the thing just crashes and crashes. So, as, you know, you just trial and error, learn Get the YouTube. iMac Pro with, 18, with an 18 core processor, yeah. you won't be crashing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if, if it's breakable, I'll break it. <laughs> so. um, I, I think it's commendable and, and and awesome that you learn that stuff because that to me, I, I did a panel a couple of years ago at the Road Rally about women breaking out of a production prison. CK was on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I hate it when a woman says to me, we've had instances where something was about to get licensed, but the showrunner or the music soup or somebody said, I love it, but I need a non -vo a mix without a vocal in case we want to cut back mm -hmm. and forth. And we would reach out to a female member, and they'd say, "Well, I've got to wait for my boyfriend to get home." 
Oh, and it's, it. yeah, yeah, is it really only men can operate that stuff? No. Yeah. And uh, so I've always had this issue of like anything you want to do that requires using a computer, it doesn't matter what your gender is, doesn't matter yeah. what your age is, it's a matter of how much time you're willing to invest to learn yeah. it. Yeah. And once you do, you're free. You yeah. are you put yourself in position to do anything you want to do. Yeah. You no longer have to, the only thing you would need might be other musicians for instruments yeah. that you can't play or that you can't do with a keyboard. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's cool. Um, so how did you make the transition from, you and I were talking about this before we went live on the air. I gotta move this over so I can see my whole face. There's nothing I like better than looking at my whole face. <laughs> there I is. Okay, anyway, um, making the transition from creating pretty music to knowing that there were structures involved. Sometimes it's yeah. a cue and that's got a structure. We're talking about instrumental jazz being um, some a, a genre that lends itself super well to full-length instrumentals. Yeah. And tell them why jazz instrumentals versus jazz instrumental cues yeah. why jazz instrumentals are a good thing from a financial standpoint oh because when you when they when you get placed from a from the jazz standpoint it's usually the entire scene it's like a restaurant scene, a, a romantic oh, My, my wife always kids. I said, hey, I got a placement. She goes, what restaurant scene is this? And she goes, you're the, you're the king of the restaurant scenes. It's and it's true. true. It's always a restaurant, usually a restaurant yeah. um, or, or a romantic scene. That's another right. thing. And you get the whole scene. You just don't get five or ten seconds or a three seconds needle drop. You get one to three, three and a half minutes. My first big placement was on Californication. I remember that show. And, yeah. And it was over three and a half minutes. And you know, in BMI, you get the super right. payment. You get that extra payment, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." And then, of course, you could hardly hear it. Doesn't and, matter if the check cleared. Well, you well, know, I guess it does matter. Well, you know, Ryan said to me, he "Goes, Dad, you could hardly hear it." I said, "They don't pay us on volume; they pay us on length. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as it's a minute, two, three minutes. But most of my cues that show up on the BMI statement are a minute, minute and a half, three, three and a half wow. minutes. Yeah." It's usually the entire scene, and that, that's, what's, that's the beauty of writing jazz. So for those of you who are new to taxi or new to film and TV music, um, very often um, production music library cues, instrumental cues that are constructed differently than an instrumental. An instrumental is usually two, three, three and a half minutes long. It's a little bit more akin to a full song. It just doesn't have a vocal, whereas a cue has short to no intro goes right into an A section that's pretty similar to a chorus, but it starts out with a light complement of instruments and then every eight or 16 bars graduates with a few more in or another instrument or two, then it graduates again, then it drops back to the core instrumentation, then builds back up, builds back up, and then goes for an ending with a button ending on the end, whereas an instrumental uh, might never have the addition or subtraction of other instrumentation, it's just like a song but without yeah. a vocal yeah, a lot of times it's you know a a b you know you do your verse verse b take a solo a out so because of that cues lend themselves well to reality tv shows yeah um and instrumentals lend themselves well to a husband and wife having a romantic dinner yeah. uh that's going to take three minutes of airtime, and there's ambient 
light cocktail yep. jazz, as we love to call it, in the background. Absolutely. And you get a bigger, fatter check because your music yep. is getting used for a longer period. If, if your library is really good and gives you sync fees, mm. you get a nicer sync fee up front, mm -hmm. which in just about all of, let's say, 85% of all of those that I have all have up front wow. sync fees, which is really sweet. And I'm and guessing that they're usually like in the two to three thousand, maybe two to five thousand dollar range. It's been coming down. Uh, Fifteen hundred to two thousand is kind of there. And, and then you split that with the library, or is that your half? That's split with the library. Yeah. And yeah. and how is the back end um, for? Let's say you have something that's three minutes and four seconds in the background of a romantic dinner scene on network television, prime time, yeah. what might you see on the back end through BMI, ASCAP, or CSAC on something like, like that? A couple of them uh, where I have two other writers. You know, my portion was, for that episode, was $50, $60. Yeah. So times three, so it'd be $100, $150 for that right. on the back end for that episode. I'm surprised it wasn't more on network TV. Oh, what, what was that on? Are you talking the Californication? Californication. But that was on uh, cable. Cable. That, uh, that's yeah, that, okay. If that had been on like ABC, it would have been considerably yeah, more because yeah. it would be broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. Okay. So when you first decided to go for film and t music for film and TV, um, how much of an understanding did you have at that time as to how music was used, who the decision makers were, what caused them to use one piece of music over another. What, what, what did um, you know and what did you have to learn? Well, being a marketing guy, yeah. before joining Taxi, because I saw your ads, and I said, well, being mar market research is my, my gig, I can start doing all this myself. Ah. You know, and I was gonna, then I kind of said, wow. <laughs> you know, I, I got some subscriptions that gave me all the library names and all right. the music supervisors, and I was inputting them into my Outlook, and I was going to start sending stuff. You know, that's, that's the way, you know. I mean, it self. can be done that way yeah. if you've got 12 hours a day to do it. Yeah, and then I realized the how monumental this would be to do and that I just didn't have that kind of time to, to make music and then market it at the same time. So that's when I started really reading the ads more, and I went on... Uh, the forum. Yeah, and Taxi Forum. Yeah, yeah, the forum, you know. Which is at forums.taxi.com, forums with an S, and it's a great resource for yeah. those of you who aren't already on there using it. And then, you know, you start seeing the forwards and the success stories, and then, whoa, you know, this is really real, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe I should, you know, drop my plans to be self-marketed here and, and go... Uh, with someone, you know, I'm shocked actually that you made that determination because you are you're a responsible, driven guy. Oh yeah, you you are anything but lazy. I've known you long yeah. enough and well enough. Well, to it know that comes down to time management. Yeah, you know, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, with with a, a fierce travel schedule. Uh, with you know barn responsibilities and then you know just you know life in its in its own you know and that was barn not bar yeah bar. <laughs> I wish it was bar but no uh, you know it's just wow you know why reinvent the wheel if 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 it's already been if 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 the cake mix is already there all I have to do is add the milk and stir it and let it go into the oven and bake. Yeah. And that's you. You're you're the baker. So wow, it's so funny. I'm so happy that you're saying this. The other like two weeks ago, there are two very credible people in the industry. Um, one of whom used to teach at uh, 
at Berkeley, I believe, and another one who's written some well-received books. And they were offering up a course taught by a third party. They were marketing a course for this third party about getting your music into film and TV. And they mm -hmm. actually referenced Taxi in a, several negative ways in their promotional oh, wow. materials. Uh, and, and the pitch they were making, which is a pitch that we put in our brochure 20-some years ago, which is, it is always better to do it yourself. Mm. But if Bob Meddy couldn't do it himself, that tells me something, because you're smart, you're driven, and you don't back down from a fight, oh, where no. a lot of people sit in the- I'm a street fighter, yeah. yeah <laughs> sit on the couch, you know, doing bong hits or something, yeah. and thinking about getting their music out there. You're a worker, you'll, you'll yeah. do it. And I'm shocked that you made the determination that it was smarter to go with us. Anyway, and I'm suing those guys. Good. I am. It, Good it was clearly Take a few of the knives out of your back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, seriously, some of the stuff they said about Taxi was clearly defamatory. It went out to, you know, tens, 20, 30, oh, wow. 50, 100,000 people. And no, it's like, no need yeah, for that. It, it was false information. So yeah. we don't like bad people around here. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I think that's commendable that you did the you did the math or calculus as they like to say and you've determined that it was just smarter to concentrate on the music and not on on all the yeah. busy work yeah and for you know it's funny for once in my life i don't worry about well i do worry about the marketing but i don't have to worry about marketing to the end side for, for right for the for the end run i have you know people to do that and have people yeah i love saying yeah i got a call from my publisher right <laughs> so, everybody loves that i mean it's a great my thing my publisher my publishers yeah you how know. many are you with how many publishers have you signed uh, i have probably about nine to ten different publishers wow. four you know the 80 20 rule right you know four are really kicking it for me yeah. and then that's where they get the first first crack at everything so to speak it's funny um the my publisher syndrome. I've identified yeah. <laughs> that as a syndrome because the first time a relatively new taxi member gets that first email or phone call from somebody that says, I really like this piece of music. I'd like to put it in my catalog. What else do you have? Now I've got a publisher. It's my publisher. Yes. And then they just start lavishing everything they create on that person because they love me. Mm -hmm. They get me. They, they totally get me. Yeah. But I think that's a fatal mistake. You do want to spread it around, and you're living proof because, as yeah. you said, there's four of them that are your go-to people. Um, and it really depends because uh, it doesn't mean another company is less good. They're just less good at getting placements with your type of music. That's right. uh, they may have great connections for getting heavy metal in sports television but not great outlets for cocktail jazz and restaurant That's scenes. That's right. And a lot of times when I when I talk to a new publisher, mm -hmm. either from the rally or just, you know, my own now I I generate my marketing gun to finding libraries and right. finding outlets for my music that they can take to the marketplace. And a lot of times I, I get this response, well, you know, I don't have much cocktail jazz in my library and you know I could probably use some yes let me let me hear some of your stuff yeah. and then they'll sign five or ten fifteen songs that to, to them and sometimes they do something with it sometimes they don't it's not their forte right um, but they want to have it they want to round out their product mix yeah and then I gain another publisher another library so. yeah there's always that chicken in the egg thing it's like yeah. if they had it maybe they could run with it yeah um, you know, it's worth a try as long as it's non-exclusive and you're yeah, not tying up. Exactly. Stuff. I would do, if I were a musician, I would do an exclusive deal all day long with a library that I knew could get my yes. style of music placed. Okay, yeah. take it, lock it up because yeah. you're a good bet. 
but for a new relationship. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I have a couple exclusives, yeah. uh, a couple libraries that I do some work with. Yeah. And one's already made me some money, and others I, you know, those crickets. I'm, I have to go re look at the reversion clause. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, After ten years, you should you should be you know do yeah. something with it. Yeah. Uh, there's one library owner that we both know that I won't oh. mention by <laughs> name, but he's a very smart guy, a very hardworking individual, and the library does really well. And people, I, I've seen people online talking about, oh, you know, their bar is really high; they wouldn't sign me. And I know the musicians that are saying this to be very credible and very yeah. talented people. And when I've asked this owner. Um, uh, about that situation, he says, look, it's not a matter of how high the bar is, although his bar mm -hmm. is high. It's more a matter of if I don't think I can find a home for that music, why would I take the time to do the paperwork and why would I tie somebody's exactly. music up? Exactly. And, 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 you, and you appreciate a, a publisher who won't sign you because yeah. not that the music's not good or the song's not good, it's just they don't think they could place it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And you say, okay, well, I appreciate that, that you, you know, I understand, and I'll just take my little wagon somewhere else. Do you know that particular publisher actually called me up one day and said, would you mind connecting me with another publisher that I know that you know, because I heard something really good today, I just don't think uh, I can get a place, and I want this other guy to have it. That's a mensch. That's top shelf. Yeah, <laughs> and he is. He, he yeah. is somebody who I think, you know, he, he's the epitome of what a, a publisher should do. Um, well, you, I, you asked um, how I did research to, for the music. Yeah. Um, one of the libraries is very taxi friendly. At one point used to put up a thing on their site that tracks they, they just signed. Right. Yeah. And every day I would listen to the tracks that they're signing because if they're not signing stuff that's in my genre or just yeah. in my style, and I I would listen to the quality of what they're signing, both um, the recording of it. I made a, a post some while back that said, you know, I used to listen to songs for the music. Now I listen to how they're recorded. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just a total total different world. That's and the way it, I watch TV. I mean, yeah. it's hard when I'm watching a show that I really love, like Homeland or Billions, where I'm totally sucked into the show. Yeah, <laughs> but my wife will tell you I'm annoying as hell when, when it comes down to I'm constantly giving her an elbow, going, uh, you know, background source music, yeah. um, and I'm I'm teaching her this stuff, and she's. She's learning it. She could care less, but now you know, she's been working at Taxi for a couple of years. She came on board to help us with the road rally and didn't yeah. leave. So I figured she might as well know about my, the music. My stuff. wife is getting like that now. Really? And she's like, "Now your music would have been better in that show." <laughs> like, you want me to call them or something? You know. Of <laughs> uh, speaking of music, let's listen to something. What would sure. you like to start with? Uh, let's start with the first one. Um, Fernando's friend. Uh, interesting story on this. Okay. Uh, it's a trio piece. Um, the drummer is actually a nanoscientist at UVA, and he gigs all over Charlottesville. Charlottesville is just a hotbed of unbelievable musicians from That's all over live, the right? world. Yeah, and it's uh, I, I mean, never even heard of that place until I met you. Yeah, and now it's a hotbed. Oh, oh, I mean, guys, you know, the trumpet player I use is heads up jazz studies at UVA. You know, he's recorded and written for Quincy Jones, Miles Davis, anybody famous. <laughs> Royce Campbell's in town. He was uh, Henry Mancini's road guitarist for 18 years. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it's just a wealth of people. The bass player I use, one of the bass players I use, um, Bob Bowen, 
uh, he did one of the Phil Woods' last re, uh, records with him and Royce Campbell. Wow. And these and they're the most humblest guys. But I've always they're, they're always, in Charlottesville, Virginia. Oh yeah, and they're um, and I always had them as session guys. I'd pay them you know per session to come yeah. in and, and do my music. And at one point I said, hey guys. I said, um, I'm going to throw this out to you. Either way is fine. Um, I can pay you or I can make you writers. You want to be writers? And they all said yes to that? Oh, they jumped right on it. So right there I got on. I put them on BMI. I registered them with BMI. I said, um, here, and here, we're going to go a lot to this one publisher. Set them up here. And I set them all up. And so we said, well, let's get together. Okay. And it was Halloween night four years ago. They came up. We had no music. We just sat down. They said, okay, what are we going to do? And I said, okay, I, I, I think I want to do out three tunes. I want to do a real nice ballad. Uh, one of my inspirations is Vince Guaraldi. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, I want to do kind of a nice little... If you're going to steal, steal from the best. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Highest compliment. Yeah. Um, Vince Guaraldi. I want to do a little jump tune, yeah. a little thing, and then maybe a blues funky thing. And no music. We just sat down. The bass player is just so phenomenal. He just watches and he kind of knows where I'm going because I'm all over the place. And uh, I said, okay, E flat. Let's cut it. It was the third take. Boom. And that's what we're going to hear? That, no, the second Second tune. Ah, okay. Is, is, let's do a jump tune, and it was just up. I said I'm going to do this progression. You know, just follow me. So right. is this one that we're going to hear yep. already signed and placed? <laughs> I was in taxi. I joined what ten years ago. Yeah. It took me like four or five years to get my first publishing deal, and then you know years after that to get placed. That's an important thing. I'm going to go four or five years. He hung in there until he got his first publishing. Oh yeah, and then these guys would up the music for me. Yeah. Um, they were all signed immediately, and within six months, they were in two movies, three television shows. These guys, I said, they're, they're my lucky rabbit's feet. Wow. And so You're we, talking about the players? Or, the or, players, okay. yeah. Not and the, these are guys the who know nothing about TV and film, nothing about taxi, nothing about anything except music. And boom, and they come right out of the gate. They get their wow. little royalty checks now. This is an up. They think it's easy now. Oh yeah, they <laughs> love. Hey, hey, you know. <laughs> you must be like a guru in Charlottesville. You're like the the, the center of all things music. Yeah, yeah it's a nice little up tune. And it's, what's it called? It's called Fernando's Friend. The and the way it got its name was, I was telling them of another placement on Telemundo, Corazon Violente. Excuse me if I said it wrong in Spanish, but there's this this. The music soup must have loved this song. It has that trumpet player I was telling you about. Yeah. Really sweet. And he's used it in like 10 episodes. But this one episode, the, the lady, the main character is at a bar. And I don't know what she's saying because it's in Spanish. But blah, 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 blah. Fernando, blah, 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 blah. Fernando, blah, 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 Fernando. And then the bartender brings over a phone. And it's Fernando. And hey, que pasa? And it switches to Fernando who's in a boat on a dock yeah. and they say something then the boat blows up nice so we're we're laughing about it so we decided to name this song fernando's, fernando's friend <laughs> <laughs> and the list of songs that this goes into it oh the, the best one that it's in is comedians in cars with jerry seinfeld and yeah. robert klein yeah because that intro duh, but that's how they start off the scene with the piano it is and, actually a really great riff uh, yeah the melody you can and you just comp that that was just like yeah we just sat down and said okay i'm gonna be an f okay yeah about this tempo let's go and we just did it, so, and that's because it, it is. It was a magical um, night. <laughs> that would be uh, like great in uh, curb your enthusiasm. Oh yeah, uh, it, it's yeah. 
Yeah, I that, can think of a million places. That, that, that is happened. also in uh, Ray Donovan. Yeah, oh, uh, man, the, I love that show. Oh yeah, so do I. He lives in the movie. He lives in, in Calabasas. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I always think of you. Well, I see him all right the time there, at right McDonald's. There. He shoots over <laughs> your house. Yeah, um, it's in the scene Volchek where the guy comes in in the restaurant and blows his brains out. Yeah, I always say that's me playing in the background right. there. <laughs> you know, Deb and I will be sitting at home, and sometimes I hear music and go, "That's a taxi member." I don't know who it is, yep. but I know I know that music. And yeah. it's the most incredible feeling. So how does that feel for you oh, being wonderful. the person who created it? I mean, wonderful. that's got to be like... It, it's interesting because, you know, best, you know, I've always, you know, considered myself a musician. But now I'm actually very comfortable and I don't feel silly saying that, well, I'm actually a composer. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a transition from going from just being a musician. There's nothing wrong with being just a musician, but being a composer. And when people ask, well, yeah, I'm a composer. Well, let's, let's talk about that because that's a word that scares the crap out of a lot of musicians. Yeah. If you take, for instance, a country rock person who primarily plays acoustic guitar, um, and, and they say, oh, Taxi's done really, really well for um, members that are composers. And I think they have this mental image of somebody with a baton yeah. and somebody, you know, singing Writing a John Williams paper. score. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And it's this whole image where a composer, by the definition as we know it, is basically a songwriter yeah. that's doing largely instrumental music yeah. and understands the venue of TV and film and knows the difference between a cinematic score or um, a reality show cue. Yep. These are things that, that's those are the types of things that you need to learn in order to be able to say that you're a composer. You don't need, have you ever charted any of this stuff out? Oh yeah. You do? I used to. Really? Well see when Logic, it does oh, it right. all for it. Okay, but you, you don't actually take you know sit down with a piece of staff paper. Oh, I have. Oh, yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. When I'm when I'm doing. Oh, but um, then again, you, it, you teach and. Yeah. You, if I'm if I'm recording a five part sax section. Yeah. Um, wow, you actually. I have to write that. I have to transpose it, and get it into all the right keys and get it lined up. Besides all the doll work yeah. of making all that, and then mixing. I remember I had one co-writer who said, look, just send me the sack parts and I'll put them together. And about a week later, he sent them back and said, put them together. <laughs> because, you know, I can listen from the from a sack section view yeah. is how I want them all to blend. And I, I mix them in where they sit in the band, in the section. And, and I mic them accordingly. And then I, I have to... I'm I have so to, glad you said that. I have to EQ them so it sounds like you're standing in front of the sax section and the, and the sax section sound is right. coming uh, out. I now, can't believe you understand this stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm a frustrated conducter from... But see, that's mind-blowing to me. Uh, back in the late 70s, I worked with a composer named Tom Hartman, and we did a bunch of PBS specials and commercials and all kinds of stuff together. And there were times, I remember one of the sessions was the night that we found out John Lennon had been killed. And sometimes it would be a room full, you know, like 30 to 50 pieces. Other times he couldn't get everybody he wanted at the same time, and we would overdub an orchestra. Mm -hmm. And you had to think about that. Where would they be in the room relative to oh, the yeah. other people in the room? And I would actually set up what I call dummy mics, but they were live, where if I were recording cellos, 
okay, if I were doing cellos in reality in a live, you know, with a full um, orchestra, I would also have mics on the violins and mics on the violas. And where would they be sitting and how far would the mics be? How high would they be? There were times where we played stuff. I'm looking up at the ceiling because we had monitors in the studio room, which was 25 feet wide by 45 feet deep with 20 foot high ceilings. And we had some JBL monitors that were hanging from chains, you know, that for playback to the room. And there were times where I would actually take stuff that we'd already recorded and play it back at like minus 20 dB mm-hmm. so that it would bleed into the mics that we were doing overdubs on because you I wanted that I think calls that uh, catching air or something. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Absolutely. And, and I, I was going to comment about your piano. Sounds so good. Tell them again what your piano setup was. It's a Yamaha 505. So tell eight, them what a eight, 505 is. It's for an people. 88 key um, electric piano. Yeah. Uh, that has MIDI output. Okay. And so there's no strings, no no hammers. I mean, oh, no. It, it's a weighted key. It, it is a weighted but, but key. But I mean, you don't, it doesn't generate sound on itself. It's electronic. Oh, no. It, if I, if I, yeah, no, it, it, I can play it. I can put it into an amplifier and. and but without an amplifier, you can't put a microphone up. It's not a regular. Oh, yeah. It, has, it has two little speakers on each side. It's not like an upright piano or a grand no, in that no. it's got strings and stuff. Oh, no. Okay. That's right. So yeah. that's what I'm going I'm for. I'm thinking string, MIDI strings. I, I, I was sitting here the whole time going, is that real? Or, or is it in a box? Yeah. And I'm so impressed because it had the air that you would have yeah. in the room with the other players. Yeah. And that's something that we hear at Taxi a lot. People who are extremely good pianists will send in stuff that from a compositional standpoint, from a structural standpoint, arrangement standpoint, everything about it is right. And there's just that little something that bothers the screener. And sometimes it makes it down to my, yeah. my office. I'll listen and go, I hear it. I think it's a lack of air. And we find out that it was, you know, $500 worth of piano software, which is, you know, reasonably yeah. expensive and good, yeah, yeah. Um, a brand name, but it just doesn't sound right because there's no air. And I've advised people, play it out into a room and mic it and add that back. But yeah. you've... Explain how you did this again. Well, just I have the 505 MIDI into the Logic. Okay. And I'll bring it into their, I like Steinway. I'll bring it into their Steinway studio or Steinway hall, whatever. Yeah. And I shut off the piano so no sound is coming out of it. It's going straight MIDI. Okay. And I'll record that in there. And then from there, it's all, I like to, um, if I'm if I'm bringing it into the east-west Steinway, mm-hmm. um, I'll adjust the um, the delay, I'll adjust the reverb a little bit. I'll sometimes spread my stereo, depending on the, on the tune, to fill up more of the expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, but then from there, it's, uh, I, I found in delay, <laughs> reverb and compression yeah <laughs> and i kind of just play with them until i, I get the the where i want it and, um, and you've got a, a strong advantage in that you've played piano your whole life so oh, you yeah. know what a real piano would sound yeah. like sitting you know two feet from the strings and yep. the hammers yep 
Yeah, so you're able to just go, not go for what you think is right, but go for what you know is right based on You experience. know what I find sometimes amazing is, because I'll look in the East-West package, I'll go to the other strings, just because like, if it's a, it's a funky tune and it's going to be bright, I'll go to a Yamaha C7, because mm -hmm. it's, it's very bright and all that. And I always, always end up back at the Steinway for some reason. But sometimes, even with the East-West package, it's like, it's just not doing it. Yeah. I'll go back to the logic. Steinway, and it just sounds fantastic for whatever way my voicings were right. or whatever. And I'll just leave it in Logic and not not bring in the the expensive uh, software for it. I, it's fine. A lot of times I'll see people on audio engineering um, forums like Gear Sluts or anything that's like that, and somebody says, "Look, I've got the ultimate setup for recording piano," and they describe it. And in in my mind, I'm thinking, "Okay, that could work," but vast amount of difference between the way you which mics you'd use which compressors mm. which eq which delay which reverb all that stuff all bets are off if it's classical it's one setup yeah if it's elton john it's another setup right. if it's jazz it's another setup so you can't learn just one yeah it, you have to understand what it is yeah. you're going for it's like probably analogous to there is no such thing as perfect skin tone for painting that works in every yes you know it's like our complexions are different That's so you right. would need different brush technique different yeah. blend of colors and it depends where you where you're playing on the tune too if i'm if i'm doing a blues and it's really below down two three octaves yeah i got to adjust my eq so it's not getting boomy mm -hmm. or it's not you know just getting flat you know you got to keep it sharp and you know you pull down the 500 in the range and bring up the yeah. for the upper range at 2500 you really learned your stuff good for it, you it's a funny story on that when i said when ryan and dane and i got together to our father-son project and i bought my little korg there and yeah. i remember dana said to me he goes oh you're not going to become an engineer are you and i said <laughs> hell no that's a four-letter word to me i just want to be able to record my piano yeah now i'm talking to hertz and uh, i'm impressed how much you know good for you man it's uh quite impressive yeah. um, excuse me i'm looking at the list of placements and these are just some of his recent placements the Fosters, Kevin Probably Saved the World, uh, Public Storage Commercial, Comedians and Cars, Rosewood, which was HBO or... No, uh, Fox. Or Fox. Fox, okay. Uh, halt and Catch Fire, Four Episodes of Nashville, Silicon Valley, Stephen Colbert, 3AM, Looking, Ray Donovan, Californication, Indie Film, uh, The Indie Film Scout. Um, Any Day was an indie film. Um, in Adult Beginners. Beginners, also an indie film. Um, Netflix, Hemlock Grove, seasons one and three. Um, Two Hallmark movies, direct to the music supervisor. Through Taxi? Through Taxi. Because um, I got this email, and it was like, hey, can we use this tune for this uh, H or for uh, Hallmark? And I'm like, yeah. And then they, they kind of said, you know, and he said in his email, he says, um, I got this music, you know, from a taxi listening, and and I, I said, oh, really? And, you know, and I went back and I'm going through my history of, of submissions of forwards and rejections. And I'm going through and going through and going through. And it had to be from maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. I think there was a crooner listening that went out. And that was like four or five years ago. But everybody in the industry keeps files. He probably yes. had a crooner yeah. file and just kept it there for and a then, rainy day. And then last, uh, last November, I just got back from the rally. Yeah. And I got another email from him. And he says, hey, we have this Christmas 
Christmas special coming up. We'd like to use this song. And uh, it was a co- matter of fact, I think it's the next one on the list. It is the next one on the list if, if we play it. Yeah. Uh, it was a co-write with Dean Crippine. Uh, Yo, Dean. And, uh, Dean's the man. And the first one was a co-write with Dave Walton. Okay. And, and it's interesting how a lot of, like I have about 17 co-writers. Yeah. Of... Uh, 13 of them are taxi members. Wow. And did you meet most of them through the forum or at the road rally? Both. The forum and the road rally. And like um, one of the tunes, if we get time, is with Casey. Mm-hmm. And Casey, Casey does, Hurwitz. Casey Hurwitz does uh, pop and, you know, light rock and stuff. And, and he every so often sends me a tune and says, hey, this one's been sitting on the shelf and never got any traction. Um, jazz it up. Do something. Make, you know, take the melody and do something with it. And we have probably, um, oh, we we've have six to eight signed already. One was just in Chicago Fire. Uh, a couple of a month ago, yeah, and that was just a recent signing, and it's already got a placement. So yeah, a lot of a lot of my co-writers say, "Hey, you know, jazz it up, do something with this song," and a lot of times because I'm also yeah, I never really considered myself a lyricist, but I write all the lyrics, so I guess I'm a lyricist too. Wow, <laughs> how, how did you develop that aspect of what you're doing? I didn't. They, I hear melodies and words just happen. And then, then from there, I'll sit and do the the work. I, great, you know, I have plane rides all the time. Right. I'm sitting there, right? I have the little iP- iPhone thing there going with the melody that's going, and then I'll sit there and write lyrics for three, four hours on a flight. Um, I know from my own travel experience, I used to travel a lot more. Um, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I had two daughters from my first marriage that lived in New York. Uh, and I kept an apartment in New York City. We go back every other weekend and birthdays and dance mm, recitals, yeah. all that stuff. Got to the point where I was like a elite for life on Continental, which then nice. became United. And I'm guessing that you get upgraded because you fly oh, so yeah. much. I'm so, a uh, executive pro. Yeah. So yeah. wow. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah. you don't see coach. Very I missed. Often. I missed executive by five flights last year. Oh man. Yeah. So you know what you do at the end of the year? You fly to London and back just to get the extra miles. Yeah. That's what I did one. I literally flew to London, had one meeting, and flew home the next day so I could get over the line. But in any case, the reason I bring this up is when you're sitting there on a plane doing work and you're highly focused, inevitably the person next to you will get a drink yes. and put it on their tray table, and you sit there the whole time thinking, that idiot's gonna knock this over, yes. it's gonna land on my laptop, and it's hard to do the work, right? Yeah. Or you open up your laptop, and the person in front of you puts their seat back, oh. and your your computer's bending in My hand. last laptop, the, the screen and the hinge got ruined yeah. from some Bobo in front of me, because it's not good enough to just merely lean your seat back. You have to throw it back, because look at me. I've got a button that lets me tilt my seat, and I'm going to use it. I think the AC might have clicked off again. Can you check it, please? Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, not hot, but warmish. I got a a new thermostat from the building, and uh, it it sucks. Thank you. Okay, so let's listen to another one. What's the other one that you want to play? I think the next one is Play That Song Again. It was from the rally. Um, I became friends with Dean right out of the first rally. And, and, and every, he's so hard to become friends with. I know. He's just a kidding. <laughs> Dean's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking, and he, and he says, hey, because he, you know, he heard some of my Sinatra stuff. Yeah. And he says, I got a couple tunes. Would, would you want to want to co-write them with me? And he already had, you know, had a piano score. Yeah. And he sang. He sings great, too. I don't know why he didn't just insane. Yeah. You've got a great voice, Dean. Um, 
and so we sent them over and this one here in, in at the, it was perfect because at the time my main publisher had sent me a request saying hey you know can you do more sinatra with strings off that sinatra and strings album and i said boy this song would be perfect so i did it kind of and you know, i'm kidding myself as a Don Costa Nelson <laughs> <laughs> but you know how do I in the style of in the style of <laughs> yeah but I studied what he does like what Don Costa does on Misty yeah. on the second verse how the trombones just kind of rise up in there and so I tried to do nice. those kind of things and that's the stuff that I listen for is how did the composer or the arranger of these all this jazz that I listen to how are they doing are it? you counting the days till you retire yes. and do music full yes, time yes yeah and that's okay. kind of I can say. see your passion I mean oh, just yeah. like it's, oozing out of your pores it, it, and I'm just it's gonna happen so happy that you've next year or two next year or two wow. everything's in place you know composers musicians you know I'm a big goals guy yeah uh, to-do lists and everything you know, basically debt-free, yeah. paid off all that stuff. It's amazing when you get rid of credit cards, how much cash suddenly goes into your bank account. Yeah. Um, you paid off that. I know my expenses to the penny. I know how much Social Security is going to do. I know how much. I've been, then I've been banking money, aside from all of you know, what Michelle and I do yeah. as a family, just for the day when I do retire, that... You know, and as the BMI is growing and the sink fees, I still have a couple of years' salary banked away there. That there'll be no pinch, and wow. everything. So everything's a plan. It, so you I, totally I run, get it. I run it as I mean, it is a business, and, yeah. I, and I run my composing as a business and and with goals and in the whole bit. Yeah. I won't mention him by name, but a couple of years ago at the road rally, I had a friend, a mutual friend of ours, who's a taxi member from Nashville that's also a certified financial planner. And we had to be very careful because those guys have very uh, strict rules that they have to follow yeah. about what they can say, can't make yeah. anything, you know, promises kind of stuff. But he and I did a presentation um, and projected that if you started out at 35 years old and made just a little bit of money, like a thousand bucks or something the first year and a little bit of money second year. And the first five years, you're kind of inching up. Then it picks up a little bit and a little yeah. bit more. And by the end of 30 years by the time that this imaginary person was 65 years old they would be earning a hundred and I'm pretty sure I could be misquoting but I'm pretty sure I'm right about this that it was um, I want to say 112 or 118 K a year and that was net after taxes I believe right. and figuring 15 spending 15 percent of the money um, because you've got another income in the years leading up to that being your day job. But then you hit retirement age and you've now got like $1.3 million in the bank. And at 65, you're retired. You've got all this experience, all these connections with these publishers. And now you can really hit your stride. Yeah. So that's got to be exciting as hell yeah. for you. But that, that's what I, you know, like tomorrow I'm doing a, a, for the day gig. Yeah. Know, but I do a little segment in there where I talk about goals. And I say, you know, when I hit 65, I don't want to retire and say, I'm a full-time composer now. And wait, because by the time you write it, by the time you mix it, by the time you get it to a publisher, by the time they listen to it, yeah. by the time they sign it, by the time it gets into the catalog, by the time it gets pitched, by the time it gets placed years go by right. and you still haven't made a penny right and then by the time you you wait for them six months to a year to get your sink fee if there's a sink fee and then you got to wait another six months a year for your pro to to pay you you know <laughs> before you make money you, you'll be in a retirement home so so you can imagine how it infuriates me when i see people go online and say i belonged to taxi for a year and i didn't even make my membership fee back yeah 
Well, you didn't give it a chance. Yeah, well, my Donna Karen made many, many, oh. <laughs> many. Uh, I got to yeah, let's share this. He, in probably your third or fourth year of taxi? Third year. It was two, at the end of 2010. Yeah. You had a, a, can we play that piece or is that, a, is it going Oh, yeah, to... no, it's, it's, it's signed in many places. Yeah, okay. I mean, we have a problem. Um, YouTube, you know, we'll, we'll get dinged. It's uh, on but, YouTube. Okay, no but problem. all right. Uh, okay. Yeah, some they've muted some episodes. But fact, that was more in the past. And, all right, so go ahead and play that piece because this ended up in the it's, thinking. Um, this was pull up um, pure. Oh, it's. Is it the Praia del? No, no, it's not on this oh, list. It's not. it's not on this list. Okay. Um, it's under YouTube. If if you can get the pure music. Pure DKNY. Pure DKNY. Yeah, it's the one with Angela Lindvall's face there. So, um, if I remember, and this was a long time ago, it was like a $30,000 sync fee for that? I have it at, yeah. Your half? No. The oh, whole the whole thing. thing. And then well, they, but then they it did got, it, they did a year it later again. they came back and said, we yeah. want to license it and again. And then after the year went up, of course, this is marketing. You know, it was they've been playing it on their website. Right. And then after the contract period for a year was up, it kept playing. Uh, and then so, I called the publisher before this and said, are they going to renew for another season? And they said, no, it's dead. It's over. But it kept playing on the web page. So I, I called the publisher and said, hey, do you know it's still playing? She goes, really? She goes, I'll get back to you. And then about about a day later, I got an email and said, hey, thanks for your diligence. We got another five grand. Nice. Just to play on the internet. It's like, yes, that works. Wow. <laughs> and it's a solo piano piece that I wrote, well, now it's... You wrote it in college, right? Wrote it in college 40 years ago, thinking, and it was on my old Fender Rhodes, the 88 suitcase. Yeah. And I used to put the reverb all the way up, so it had this echo. And actually, the, the left hand sounded like a horse... Going down cobblestone, but <laughs> it was kind of neat, and um, and I just everyone always loved that song, and that's kind of what got me towards the TV film too. Is I'd write some music, put on a little cassette, and I play it for somebody, and instead of someone just saying, "Oh, I like it; it's bad or it's good," right. they would start describing scenes. Oh, I could see, I could Ooh. see, I could see the sun, a glass of wine, the terrace, or dancing, and that was it. Wasn't just one person; that was everyone that I ever played music for. They always told me what was in their head when they played the music. We play that game on Taxi TV. It's like name the scene, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's amazing how many great pieces of music you can't name a scene for you can't come up with the emotion that it represents you have to think like that yeah. as a composer yeah. it's better to have the emotion and the mood yeah. and the scene visible in your mind's eye than it more that's far more important than wow what a brilliant composer yeah did you find it i think i found it what is it what does it look like um can you hold it up hold the laptop up and turn that's it got residuals from Russia about a year ago on this from the commercials. <laughs> Pure DKMI. 
for her. The new scent that takes small steps to make a difference. The small steps was um, Donna Karen donated all the profits from the perfume nice. back to into I think it was Kenya or one of the African nations where the women are, are under a lot of suffrage, so they can build their own community banks and lend money so they can grow more oh, crops. Right. It was through care. Wow! And they did that with the second commercial too, Verbena. Uh, they did the same thing. So, nice. Yeah. So it's all it was all pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I wrote, you know, I never submitted this to anything. There was a taxi listing yeah. that was calling for um, minimalistic piano pieces. Okay. And I I did up this thing where I, I did it with a toy piano. I did it with a ridiculous piano. I had all these different sounds, and they all got rejected and rejected. And at the end, I said, just let me play it. And, and I played it. And it, it is rubato. Because it does. As a matter of fact, some of the people on the form are like, hey, what happened to your time signature here? It's not in time. And I said, I remember saying, you know, I tried to quantize it. I tried to put it in, but it just doesn't feel right. It just, I have to keep it loose. Yeah. And then, um, and an interesting story was it got forwarded to a UK publisher. Mm. And, and that was like my second or third deal from, from a taxi listing. Yeah. And and they sent over the paperwork, and then they made a big push. It was non-exclusive. And they made this huge pitch in the email to go exclusive. You know, more European sub-publishing, and we'll, we'll work harder for it and all this. But the song really had a place in my heart. And normally it's just notes on a page to me. Right. But this song meant a lot because I, you know... It meant a lot to me. And I said, no, I'm going to go non-exclusive. And I had gone to their page earlier, and because when I got forwarded, before the deal came over, and I was listening to what they have, and I was listening to their piano stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, they'll never take my piece. The stuff they have on their site is just unbelievable. But they could feel the emotion in this. And I mean, you, you, then, can, you can literally feel the yeah. white linen curtains yeah. blowing as you listen oh, thank to you. this. And then I got the contract, and I said, I'm going to keep it there. And then I said to myself, hmm, that was a pretty high bar listing that they accepted. Then what if this other publisher, if they'll take it? And so I sent it over to there. They signed it before, and they signed it and got it in their calendar before the other, the UK even got the paperwork. And, they back were, and the second publisher was the one, the who, one got who got the placement. Got, yeah, the placement. So I'm Sweet. so glad I didn't, you wow. know, like I was, oh, my yeah. first deal, let me send it exclusive. I'm glad I kept it non exclusive. So yeah. The, the, the song you want to play is um, Play That Song Again. And this is a co write from Dean. He sent it over, and then I think for Dean for Pain, yes. In the chat room, I believe. Yeah. Hey, there's Ann House. Hi, Ann. Play that song again. Sing it one more time. Let the music flow like the sweetest wine. Spin me around the room. Dean wrote most of them, With and I added a few words here. Is that Dean singing? No, that's Dan Borelli. That's a local guy. Take me to the moon, high above the skies. Underneath a symphony of stars, where love's melody is ours. Play that song again. There's the trombones rising Let up. Let me hear the tune 
This is great. Don't care where or when. And this was just Long in the Hallmark movie. I the love scene at the end when they dance together. We don't need a band when we're hand in hand. Just you and me. And when each moment ends, we'll just play that song again. There's not a library alive that wouldn't give up a body part to have that track in their catalog. <laughs> and I mean a key body part. <laughs> Beautifully crafted. Underneath a symphony of stars Where love's melody Play that song again, never let it stop. You're all I care about, morning, noon, and night. Whisper in my ear those words I want to hear. That you East West. And when each moment ends, we'll just play that song again. Oh, play that song again. Okay, to answer a few questions that flew by, that's not Dean singing. Um, <laughs> Dean wishes that was him singing, and Dean's a great singer, but that dude, yeah. he, he's better than the Sinatra guy I was turning oh, Okay, <laughs> Frank is rolling over in his grave right now. That guy is really good. Um, and uh, and um, Bob was just saying that the strings and horns that Polly was asking about were east-west? East-west, yeah. Really, really beautifully crafted. Thank man. you. That, Thank you. Just for those of you who are new to Taxi or new to Taxi TV, that is kind of that's the high water mark right there that's the epitome of something that's so beautifully crafted that any library would give up a body part to have it in there it's just really yeah. really great work yeah. very proud of you um so is your wife now supportive i mean she might have been supportive all along but yeah. you know this is an issue yeah. uh for a lot of our oh man i forgot to hold up my signs today <laughs> Anyway, um, I hear this from a fair number of our members. I've heard it over the years that the wives, the friends, the children think that this is some sort of folly. Like, oh, come on, you're never going to get anything in a TV no. show. Um, Biggest supporter. She's now got to be like just oh, gaga yeah. over this. Yeah, this yeah. She's always, she's from the get-go, she's always, she's just an incredible person, but she uh, has always been very supportive. And, you know, I say, hey, I'm going to go spend, you know, a couple thousand on this. Okay. You know, you need it. 
Okay. And then you go out and sell a couple of the horses and go buy which <laughs> more manure, more manure. Your Michelle, flowers look, will grow. Two of the horses are gone. <laughs> yeah. Don't they worry go? about it. <laughs> but look at this mic I got. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Um, can you say generally that your solo pieces or ensemble pieces is one uh, type been more successful in getting placements than the it's right other? Right down the middle. Okay. It's right down the middle, um, and uh, a, lot, a lot of my vocals. One thing that um, I, I'd like to share, if you don't yeah. mind, uh, like not for this tune, but like for a dark moon over me, uh, with all Damborelli singing, uh, tell me, really nice songs. I do the vocal. I have the vocals track, and then yeah. like you hit the mute button for my underscore. Right. And then a lot of times I'll take the from there, and I'll either do a sax or I'll bring a, a soloist in and cut a whole new song, instrumental version of that. So you know, not just one song. Now I got this the underscore, right? And now I have an instrumental track because I'm not doing cues. I'm not doing a little thirty right. second thing where you can churn out and churn out. Songs take a while. So you want to create every possible path to monetization right. that you can That's right. by coming up with yeah. all those derivatives. Well, a perfect example is one of the songs on there is called Prior Divino. Uh, it's a bossa nova. I love writing bossa nova. Okay. And I have that with Nita Hope, who was a taxi. Oh, I, ju yeah. I just, I just uh, actually shot her little message on LinkedIn like two yeah. days ago. She was surprised I remember yeah. her. Of course I remember. Oh, yeah. I love her. I have her sing it in English. Yeah. I have her singing it in Portuguese. I didn't know she spoke Portuguese. She didn't, but I had the person who recut it, uh, who sings it in Portuguese, who's Portuguese. So we did that. Then I have Dan Borelli yeah. singing it in English. Okay. So on that one track, I have two English versions, a male and a female. I have two Portuguese versions, and then I have an instrumental with just piano, kind of a elevator kind of easy yeah. listening there. So that one song generated five, five songs that could be pitched in many different ways. And do you generally take all five versions? And so if you do a deal with Library A, they get all five derivatives, and Library all, yeah. B gets all five derivatives. Yeah, because they like to put alternate takes. On the, here's the thing, and then here's the alternates. Uh, a lot of a lot of the vocals, I always try to get a, a really sweet. Um, just did that. A re, I'm developing a young artist named uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Sparks. He goes under the name Cherry, and 21 years old, basically out of high school, and just doing some community college stuff. And her brother rides at the barn, uh, takes lessons, and her mother and I became friends. She goes, "Oh, my daughter, you know, sang in the jazz band and all this." And of course, you're like, "Yeah, okay, you know." <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so I, I found a few things on YouTube. And she doesn't have bad voice. She's not bad. And she goes, for her birthday, she goes, would you take her into the studio and just let her cut a track? You know, and that's, uh, that's my birthday present to her. So her, um, uh, Morgan and the mother came up to the studio and we talked. And I told them what I was doing and showed them the... I used to print out the taxi forwards oh, right, and frame right. them. Yeah. And now I've replaced all of them with placements. Nice. <laughs> I'm out of walls now, yeah. which is good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I started doing this. And so I started listening to her and, boy, what a nice voice. And I said, you know, your mom can pay me lots of money to record you and make a little CD or... I, I think you have a lot of talent. Let, let's develop you as an artist. That's her dream, you know, to, wow. to be an artist. How and old is she? 21. So and she, um, you know, she loves Halsey and Lord, and that's her style and all that stuff. But I've heard her sing jazz, God Bless the Child. I was like, whoa. Wow. Whoa. And so... Uh, 
So she came and said, let's, let's co-write together. I'm going to make you a writer. Set her up at BMI. Set her up with the libraries I'm in. And we have probably seven songs already signed, uh, pitched already. Um, we did a whole Christmas album and of all public domain stuff. And I mean... All because they have horses at your stable. Yeah, because her brother rides at our stable, and we just started talking, and, and I just saw some talent and said, you know, we, we got to do something. And then now, besides, I, we just cut and got signed uh, an original Christmas thing that I wrote, um, Christmas Eve and Where Are You, basically. It's mm -hmm. a heartbreak song, and it's really pretty, and she just knocked it out of the park. And then I cut a, a big tenor sax version of that both got signed it's I so funny that you're doing all this in charlottesville you could be doing it anywhere as I, long as <laughs> I know but see, people don't realize that one of the most common things i hear is oh where i live yeah yeah you know i have co i mean when nita was singing for me she's in mississippi love the internet just send over that track she would record it with her um, ribbon blue bluebell baby bell whatever oh, it's called right. like, baby yeah. blue uh, Wait, that's yeah. The one, yeah from blue microphone and she yeah. send it over I say well okay but do this do this and that and send it over and I mix it in we're done wow yeah uh, let's see how much time oh we're getting close eight minutes left uh, let's open it up to some Q and A from the sure. audience I'll ask you one more thing while their stuff is coming in um, oh. Bree is on top of her game today. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, she's already got some. Peter Rahill asks, what's the longest duration of a piece that's been used in a placement? Uh, three, I think as close as I can remember, is about three minutes, 35 seconds. That's pretty long. And that was on Showtime. That was Californication. That was a long scene. And it's one of those scenes, like I like to do a lot with uh, kids in high school and stuff and volunteer. And I want to make a reel and bring it in, but I can't because every other word is an F-bomb. Right. <laughs> so you wouldn't hear anything. But, yeah, about three, three minutes, 36 uh, seconds. Um, L. Harrison asks, CPU saving multi-tambral technique when using four slash four five, five strings. strings instead of just separate tracks for each question mark. So he wants clarification about what that means. Yeah, basically, uh, when if you're like in East-West, or in even just about all the, the sample packages, uh, you can do multi-tambral. In other words, you're opening up one processor. Mm -hmm. Instead of opening up East-West five times, you're opening up one, and then you're assigning tracks to that processor and on the side and it'll play them all through that one is that as I understand it yeah and it just saves you CPUs and, and the sound quality is just as good. oh it, it's, it's the same as opening up five uh, and is there any different I know that sometimes you have to open up another um, for instance if you had stuff that was octaves apart mm -hmm. and something just wouldn't sound good you know um, like playing a low C, um, taking a low C sample and playing a high C note, um, that that sounds bad. But this is no, no, not, that, that's totally different. It's not well, an issue. Okay. No, because uh, in East West you have the instrument's range, and, ah, and it okay. doesn't go beyond that. What we're talking about so here you is couldn't you couldn't do that if you right. wanted to. If I opened up East West, yeah, and I said okay, solo cello for track one, yeah. East-West opens up, and all that baggage comes with East-West. Got it. And then if I say, well, I want a viola, let me open up East-West again, all that baggage comes up. And then each one is using the processing, the CPUs, to, to do that. When you do multi-timbral, you're opening up one, and then you're just listening them on the side, and it, it does it all through one opening. 
and you're 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 you very rarely redline. Uh, that's my next question: yeah. was how much how much of that can you get away with before you max oh, it's, it out? It's, you can go up to like sixteen tracks. Oh, okay. The only the only thing that you really go to YouTube because there's a lot of lot of uh, tutorials on that is the only the only catchy thing about it is if you just open them all up they're all under one master so from each one in your in your DAW on your mixer now you're gonna assign that to another track uh -huh. and you assign that to another track so you can um, and then you open up you hit the read and you open up a volume for that so you can do each individual track otherwise all of them will go up and down at the same time and it's very frustrating uh, <laughs> but yeah all these things you learn it's just like your head like wants to I'm explode. I'm so impressed that you've learned all this. Um, I, I can't pronounce this name, but it's M-L-A-D-N Domic. So Mladen Domic asks, Bob, do you write music based on taxi listings or do you write whatever comes to you? Uh, most of, a lot of my songs, believe it or not, is when East West is loading. <laughs> my piano sits here, my DAW is over here. Yeah. So while it's doing this thing and it takes three four minutes to open up I'll a lot of times just be noodling with my I've become very proficient left-handed yeah I can add I can add live left-handed now well I'm looking over here I you know the piano players that's unheard of it's right. always block chords uh, my bass lines are what my bass player comes in and I show him the sheet and he goes I'll play that no 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 you're the bass player play oh I love what you write so he plays my lines I'm like okay whatever but um what was the question? <laughs> um, do you create uh, oh, based on, on listings? Do you I, write at targets or do you just create and hope you find a home? A lot of times I'll just, and I'll hit a chord and like, ooh, ooh, I like that, like that, and I'll do something. So after that loads, I'll shut it, I'll open up a track, just blah, 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 close it, so now I have it. Right. And then I'll come back to it. But doing How that. How about genres? Are you also. Have you expanded your horizons with writing different genres that yes. you didn't used to do? I'm assuming that you're yeah. primarily a There's, jazz guy all these years. Jazz, light new age, you know, solo piano, light, light little do you classical ever stuff. Do stuff that's more electronic based, like a drone, like a very simple. I haven't you know, done um, drone yet, but I have been with this young artist, uh, yeah. Cherry. I've been doing this style of Lord and Halsey, and yeah. which is because she comes into the session. We usually do about a three four hour session we used to do once a week um, but then my travel schedule got crazy again but she'd come in and the first thing she does is I have a playlist for you and then she'll pull up you know Dua yeah. Lupa and all these all these artists I've never even heard of before and we'll go through and we'll listen and and oh yeah oh I see I see what they're doing here we got the big bass down here and it's droning here and we have a pad over here and this is how they're separating it and stylistically I'm always A B A B A B you know the jazz yeah. style and it's like word words big chorus word words but you know and and to a jazz guy that's what it sounds like you know but uh, but I'm but I'm learning from her yeah. and she's teaching me this style and then we'll and she has a book that she just writes. Obs, you know, obscure things in, and then we take all these lyrics and we say, okay, yeah, here's here's what we're doing, and I just took. She sent me like twenty five different lines, and I, and there were like three or four different subjects in there, so I arranged them, and by subject matter. <laughs> Did you cut them up and throw them on a refrigerator like those? Uh, <laughs> almost, <laughs> those almost. I'm moving matters. things around here. Hey, I have a verse now. Look at that from you know thing that she and she looks at. It, oh wow, I it wasn't. Yeah, that works. And now, and she's a proficient musician. I mean, she plays trumpet, she plays viola, she, you know, just. Wow. Yeah, she's doing a community class and she's uh, taking keyboarding. 
And she goes, oh, we have a few minutes of time. I have an assignment. Can I record here? I said, yeah. And all of a sudden, she's playing this song. I'm like, you've never played piano before. She goes, yeah. Well, that's, you know, she just, I mean, that's how it comes to a great ear. And so, yeah. And so we just, and now she's helping me to get onto the more adult contemporary side, the the more whatever the yeah, genre like, that like is. Yeah. But I, I, I do write for listings if a listing comes up. Of course, you, we don't get as many jazz listings right. as, as the other ones. Um, but when something comes up, if I don't have something that's non-exclusive that I can throw at it, yeah. um, and, if it's, and if I have the time, yeah, I'll sit down and write something for that listing. And then, you know, when the feedback comes back, whether it's good or bad, and where, where do I make the uh, adjustments and everything. The biggest tip I can give is actually from Stephen King's book on writing. Okay. He, and I, I tell this to all the musicians and composers that I'm working with, he has a line in there, I'm going to probably paraphrase it, but he says, don't be afraid to kill your darlings. Mm-hmm. And hitting the mute button and pulling back. Roland Murphy just had a big thing on, on Facebook. He says, you know... Adding less add makes more, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and Dean hit me with that once. I, I had this tune, and I had the most gorgeous piano intro. It was probably the best piano I ever played. And, and then the song started, and I sent it to Dan. Hey, would you give me your ears? And he just wrote back and said, it's nice. He goes, but is a music supervisor or a library going to wait 30 seconds for the song to start? No. No. And I had to sit there, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, got to go, got to go. I had to kill yeah. my darling. I, I had to take it out. And the song was like 10 times better because of... I always say, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, yeah. It's so pulling true. out, pulling out is so important. How we do... Oh, it's 5.30. Uh, man, oh, man. Uh, it flew. <laughs> it really, it, it absolutely flew by. Um, man, I am so incredibly grateful that you let oh. me know that you were going to be here. I'm so my glad pleasure. you were able well, to join me. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, geez. Uh, how often do you make it to L.A.? Do you ever come back for anything? <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. would love to have you back on the show. Oh, again. absolutely. This was really, really absolutely. awesome. I would love to come back. And congratulations on, on all your success. Thank um, you. I always knew that you were a hardworking guy, but now I believe even more than I did before <laughs> that you richly deserve the success. I'm oh, exceptionally you. proud. Thank you. Grateful to have you as a member, and uh, I will see you in November at the rally. Absolutely. Oh, one last question. Were you in the room last year when I had the young lady, um, Laurel Ostrander, on stage, the video editor? Showing how she used music in reality. No, I was. I think I had my breakout class then. Uh, I am starting the rally with her this year. Oh, really? Because I want that ballroom packed. It, it was maybe the single best thing we've ever had on the stage wow. at a road rally. And the people that were in the room for it were like blown away. So this year's road rally, which is November, November 1st through the 4th. Um, I'm starting out the road rally with nice. that amazing thing. So for those of you who've never been to one, make sure you come to this Absolutely. one. And uh, we will see you guys on Monday for That Taxi TV. Thank you all for showing up on a Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. My pleasure. Thank you, man. Bye, you guys. Take care now. See you next time on another exciting episode <laughs> of Taxi TV Live. <laughs> Bye-bye.